0: The Marine and the Hippie is a weekly conversation about current events aimed at presenting alternative viewpoints while looking for common ground. We are the Marine and the Hippie. Hey, this is Dialogue number 25 of Marine and the Hippie. I am Doc, the Marine, and this is take three of this program uh, called Modus Operandi. Uh, It was suggested to us by one of our longtime listeners and a a good friend of mine that we take an episode to kind of reintroduce ourselves a lot of people haven't been uh listening to the program since episode one or episode zero so they might not know who we are or what we're doing on marine and the hippie and so this is a good opportunity we're we're in dialogue number 25 now uh you know quarter of a century uh if you want to look at it like that we've been doing this for a quarter of a century and uh and this is a great opportunity to to reintroduce ourselves i i'll start it out here and and then uh then we can uh, go go over to the hippie and talk talk with the hippie here. My name is Doc Stodden, of course. I am a former Marine. I was a Marine uh, in the United States Marine Corps, obviously not in the Merchant Marines. Uh, from 1995 to 1999, I barely escaped, you know, going to war. My inactive reserve contract ended just after the Iraq War began. And so I would have fired artillery into Iraq and killed a bunch of Iraqis uh, had I stayed in for another enlistment. Luckily, I got out and went and became an anti-war activist uh, after after 9-11. Since then, I went and got a uh, bunch of degrees from school. I became an academic. I am now a philosopher who happens to drive a bus, uh, which is an interesting thing. As I mentioned, I am in good company with a fellow by the name of Eric Hofer, uh, who wrote a book called The True Believer, who was a longshoreman when he wrote... A classic of social psychology where we talk about the development of groups and revolutionary movements and it's you know taught and read in political science classes uh across the entire country and maybe across the world so hopefully someday people will look back at me and say oh that dude wrote this awesome classic of political theory and while he was a bus driver other than that you know uh, i'm happy to be part of the show and and i'll let uh dylan get a little bit more into our history uh along with uh, his introduction dylan
1: i'm dylan i'm the hippie I guess more of a nomad than a hippie. Um, I've lived all over. Um, I currently live in Turkey. Before that, I lived in Morocco. Before that, I lived in Indonesia. Before that, Myanmar. And before that, I spent a bunch of time exploring America. Been to 49 states. I've yet to go to Alaska. And I'm from New York slash Colorado, depending on what mood, Um, because I was born in California, raised in New York, and spent 10 years in Colorado. Not really sure which one to identify, so more of a nomad than anything. Anyway, Doc and I met during a class on socialism. We became fast friends and decided that the conversations that we were having within that class were usually pretty fun and and, and interesting and led us somewhere. And we thought, hey, maybe we should try a show. So now here we are, 25 episodes in to uh, Marine and the Hippie, dialogue 25, and What we do is we're, I guess, where our connection is, is that we're both philosophers. We're both thinkers. We both like identifying problems and also trying to offer solutions. And we very rarely argue. We have dialogues because we walk into the show or we start the show with the idea that just because I am right does not mean that you are wrong. It means that you could also be right and I could be wrong. We don't believe that our pillars of our identity and, and, and how we live our lives need to be Implemented into somebody else's life. So it, it creates a, an open environment for which we can discuss big topics and a lot of the topics that we we get and we discuss uh, come directly from kind of my interpretation of how the world is responding to things. So I write a blog called observations from the spectrum. I think there's about 200 blogs there. And I come up with like these kind of quirky little uh, metaphors to connect to um, the writing and and an idea. And that's usually what we talk about here on Marine and the Hippie. And yeah, I I think that's, that's about as good of an introduction as I can give. So back to you, Doc,
0: the way we actually do things on on the Marine and the Hippie is uh, I I don't need to really give you the technical breakdown. I get to watch Dylan real time due to the magic of the internet and we flash hand signals at one another if we want to jump in or something like that. So we're actually recording this as a real time dialogue even though it might seem like, you know, we're, you know, taking our part, and maybe putting it into a different part, putting it into a different part. And as a matter of fact, you know, the the good thing about it is we don't step on each other when we talk and we give each other enough space to fully, you know, say what we want to say to make sure we get what we're trying to say out. And then if there's something that I really need to respond to, I'll flash Dylan a hand signal and let him know that I wanna jump in. He'll finish his thought. He'll throw it over to me, and so on and so forth. And that way, I think we can actually allow the other person uh, the opportunity to to say what they want to say, without there being a bunch of uh, you know stepping on each other or or you know like not acknowledging the other person's space, which I think is very important. And I think when we come back f- from the break here, uh, we'll we'll uh, get a little bit more into the kind of things we talk about or, or the way we talk about these things in the form of our dialogues. And so Ring of the Happy Episode twenty five and uh we'll be right back. this is doc with marine and the hippie i'm the marine and let me just say make love not war peace
1: welcome back to marine and the hippie dialogue 25 modus operandi when we were uh, working on on coming up with i guess for lack of a better word the brand or the name of the show we decided on the marine and the hippie and the reason being is that in some ways they're on polar opposites. One is for the state. One is kind of against the state. Doc is a great example because he's been sort of both. He's been a marine, pro-war sort of, and you know, uh, as he said, an activist, anti-war. At the end of the day, though, we need both sides. We, we need both sides to find the middle ground and how to navigate around around that. Because somebody who is so supportive of, of one of one thing, let's call it war somebody who's so against something, call it war, anti-war. If you have those people, they're either going to war against each other, <laughs> which defeats the purpose, or they're going to find a common, a common ground and a common solution to move forward. And a lot of the times, and Doc and I speak about this quite regularly before show and pre-show, is that that's where America is right now. Groups fighting each other without trying to find a common, a common ground and, and, and move forward. And and it's, it's it's and both of us agree it's it's on purpose, um, that is by design.
0: Duck. There's a notion in uh, in political science classes that talk about like a negotiating uh, way of negotiating, and it it's in my experience it's been referred to in the way that countries or institutional players or whatever get to some sort of agreement. And when you set, set your minimum requirements well outside of any sort of acceptable positions of the other side, so the minimum that I need is outside of anything that's acceptable on your side, and the minimum that you need is outside of anything that's acceptable on my side, there's no common ground you know, to do any kind of trading or any kind of agreement uh, between the two different sides. And I think that that's where we are on so many different topics in the United States, whether it be you know, vaccination or like electoral laws where you know one side will say we must have voter id for elections and the other side says that's absolutely unacceptable we can't have any voter id and we want to make you know voting as free and as open as possible both sides get to mutually exclusive positions and when they get to mutually exclusive positions there's no ground at all in the middle to to come to any sort of agreement on You know, there's some things that that Dylan and I very strongly disagree on. Um, Up until a a few minutes ago, I guess reparations was one of them. Uh, You know, we we had very long discussions about the topic of reparations. Uh, But I think that there is, you know, now we have, after thinking about it for a little while, we found some middle ground that we could even agree on, I think. Uh, Dylan? And the
1: only way to kind of change, to create change, is to learn more, is to identify Kind of new data or to interpret new data or to find new answers or to, to find more information to help us to move forward. So the example of reparation, Doc brought it up. He, he's on another show. He explained it to me. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm not for this. I explained why. He's like, I get that, but this is what they say and blah, blah, blah. And and we kind of went back and forth. I was never closed to the idea idea of reparations. I was just not open to it based on the information that was being provided to me. I had yet to hear that little piece of information, that little nugget, as we would call it in education, that nugget of gold in the lesson that allowed me to shift my, my point of view. And then I heard it or read it on somewhere on social media and was like, Oh, there it is. Now I understand it. Now I can accept it. And now I can see the why. So I was never, I'm never rigid in my thinking. I do have opinions, of course, like everyone else, but I'm never so rigid that it's breakable that you can snap it in with a twig. It's always bendable to go back the other way. And before the show, we were talking about vac- vaccinations and, um, and somebody doc doc knows and people who have made these choices they go down they, they say, i'm I'm never getting vaccinated, okay? That's a very, very narrow road. and when when you go down that road, it gets narrower because you get to a point where it's a dead end and you can't turn around. and that becomes a problem. And that's what we try to avoid with the marine and the hippie.
0: duck you know this this also brings up another idea, and I'll, I'll try to get through this real quick. Uh, you know the the socialist I'm a socialist, the socialist is supposed to be for high corporate taxes we're supposed to be in this position where we say we must tax corporations basically into the ground. And it's almost like a punitive position that a lot of socialists take with regard to corporate taxes. But I heard interestingly enough, a a conversation that Sean Hannity of all people was having with some Occupy Wall Street individual. And this was very interesting to me because he was talking to this individual who was probably a young person who probably was really, really well versed in what Occupy Wall Street was doing or supposedly doing. Um, and he was asking, them very, asking this person very simple questions like, okay, let's say you get what you wanted. Let's say you get these high corporate taxes where you're actually taxing corporations, you're actually raising taxes on corporations. Fine, let's let's give that to you. Do you think those corporations are actually going to pay those taxes? Or, and the, the person's like, no, of course not. The corporation's just going to pass those taxes on to the people. And so Sean Hannity says, interestingly enough, so what you're actually advocating for is a backdoor sales tax. And this person was like, well, what do you mean? I can't understand that. He goes, yeah, they're passing, the, they're raising prices on people to pay the corporate tax, and this person's like, oh, that's no, no, that's not what we're asking for. He goes, that's exactly what you're asking for. You're asking for a backdoor sales tax, and no socialist alive is for the sales tax. So how can the socialist be pro corporate tax and anti sales tax at the same time? And it was a very interesting point that Sean Hannity brought up. That I was like, ah, I never even thought of it like that. Absolutely, he's totally right. Now, this is, a, this is a socialist agreeing with Sean Hannity. And it's because, like what Dylan says, my ideology is malleable to the point where, yeah, I never thought of it like that before. But now that I have thought about it, yeah, absolutely, I don't support high corporate taxes because it's just the backdoor sales tax. No, I want profit taxes, but I don't support corporate taxes. I mean, there's a nuance there. We can get into policy. Dylan, what's up? What do you you got?
1: Um, When we come back from break, we'll continue talking about uh, Sean Hannity and the, the tax and socialism as a kind of way to wrap up our Dialogue 25 modus operandi. You're listening to the Marine and the Hippie. I'm Dylan. I'm the hippie from Turkey. And let me just tell you, Kolai Gelson, may it be easy. Peace. Well, welcome back to the Marine and the Hippie Dialogue 25, modus operandi. Before break, Doc brought up Sean Hannity and the idea of a corporate tax and how and how his thinking had changed. And one of the things that, if this this were a show about kind of about that, we would be exploring a solution, and the solution would be simple. <laughs> the solution would be um, also not allow price gouging, make the price of something stable instead of allowing it to go up. And and I just wanted to bring that bring that up as the counter argument to it. That's that's what they do in France. That's what they do in Turkey. The price of bread is taxed, but the price of bread is also regulated by the state. And that creates the ability to tax up here in the corporate sector and not have it fall down to the, the private sector and to the consumer. One of the things that, that America does that's sort of a problem is that we don't have good faith arguments. And Doc was talking about this before the show. And it's the idea of, of sitting down at a table and saying, hey, we're going to argue this. We're going we're to throw something on, on the table that we're going to discuss. And it's going to be a big item. It's going to be something maybe like politics, maybe like Donald Trump, maybe like Hillary Clinton, maybe like the election, maybe like abortion, maybe like drugs, maybe like the environment. And say, yeah, what we're looking for is an answer. What we're looking for is that middle ground. And a lot of the time, people aren't able to do that. And if you're not able to do that, then you're missing a skill set. And that skill set has been washed away, it's been or has not been developed. And it needs to be developed if we ever want to move forward as a collective society and kind of connect the people who are, who should be connected, but who are the most fractured, because I guarantee you this, the people at the top, they're connected.
0: Um, The, one of the things we were talking about, about good faith arguments, just to go back to this for a second is that, you know, I don't believe that if you, if you discover that the person you're talking with is not talking in good faith. In other words, when I say good faith, I don't mean you have to change demand that they change their opinion. I mean that they have to be willing to hear what you have to say. That's good faith. It's not, I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to go in here and I'm going to beat you over the head. I'm going to show you. I'm going to change your mind. I'm going to win. That's not what the discussion has to be. The discussion has to be, look, you and I can disagree all day long. Me and Dylan can have an argument about policy all day long. It might change the the mind of someone who hears the discussion, but we don't expect that I'm going to force Dylan to change his, his opinion. Dylan doesn't expect the same out of me. What the good faith is, is it comes in saying, look, I'm willing to listen to what you have to say. I might not agree with you. I might you know, think of different things that you know, I might counter with, but whatever. The thing is I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to give you an audience. And this is one of the things that we definitely have gotten away from in this country is this notion that, that those things that upset us, those things that are, are uncomfortable to us, we need to just cancel the, the hell out of them. We need to keep them away. Keep anything that upsets us. Keep anything uh, that 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 we disagree with. Now there are some people, you know, that you, know, you can't have a discussion with. You're not going to have a discussion with QAnon. They've basically taken themselves out of the discussion simply because of the fact that they never argue in good faith. You know, the same way most Trumpists that I know are not interested in having any kind of discussion where they're they're interested in coming to any kind of common ground. No, they're just interested in showing you how Trump is God and they they worship him. How well they worship him. And so, if you're not having a good faith discussion, you don't owe that person any more of your time or your attention, Dylan. Yeah, good good faith.
1: The the easiest example that that I could that I can imagine and 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 apply would be faith itself. If you have faith, you have to be able to sit down and have a conversation about also not having faith. So you have to be able to put your 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 opinion aside to be able to be open, not to change, but to there being another point of view. And that, that allows for communication. It allows for a dialogue. It, uh, it allows for two people to have a dialogue and both not leave the conversation feeling like that either I am right and that person was wrong or that person was right and I am wrong. In fact, at the end of the day, we could both be wrong. We could also both be right, but we could also both be wrong. And that's something that we have to sometimes keep in mind. Is that just because I believe that person's wrong, that that doesn't mean I am right. It just means that that person's wrong. That person killed somebody. Okay, great. That person was wrong. It doesn't mean that the, the actions of the other person are now justified.
0: Duck. And uh, similarly along those lines, just because that person has a good point, that doesn't take anything away from my points. And I think that far too often too many people fight to the death because they believe that if I acknowledge that you have a point that you know, I never thought of it like that. If I acknowledge that, all of a sudden somehow I'm either stupid or bad or evil or something like that. And so I have to fight tooth and nail to be right all the time. And going back to what you said, you know, you have to come to the discussion understanding that there's a possibility that I could be totally wrong, that there's like some vital piece of information that I didn't have before about this topic, that I had no idea, oh, well, now that you said that, yeah, that really changes things for me. We don't have a lot of that when we have discussions and dialogues in this country anymore just because of the fact that people are so dug in on their positions that they're willing to overlook all kinds of evil, devious stuff just so they don't have to feel like they were wrong about something. People are willing to overlook all kinds of evil that members of both political parties do simply so they don't have to feel like they have to justify themselves or answer for anything or acknowledge that they might be wrong. You know, And I think that I think that's part of the problem that we have in this country, why people don't have you know these kinds of discussions with one another, because it's like a cold war mentality. Any gain that you make is a loss for me, and I can't possibly you know uh, tolerate that loss, or or that's the, an existential problem. Dylan
1: and both of us as educators understand a debate is pro and con, and as educators we also understand that to to plan or prepare for a debate. You don't just prepare your side of the, the argument. You also prepare the other person's argument because that gives you a clear balance sheet of, of kind of what's going on. And at the end of it, yes, you want to win. You want you want your side to prevail. But a debater is somebody who can see both sides. A debater is somebody who can critically think and say, my my point is this, but I can see this point. It's just not the point that I believe in or not the point that I support. But, but they're, they're just as good as arguing that point as well, because that's what debate is. A debate is not a fight to the death. A debate is literally being able to say, I can see the whole picture and the whole picture and, and all of its nuances. And that picture will help me see this whole issue. And that's what we try to do here on The Marine and The Hippie, is give you an idea of maybe painting a clearer picture um, or opening up your 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 thinking to you know a third point of view. It's not, it's not left. It's not right. It's not faith or no faith. It's not, you know, black or white. It's eh, somewhere in the middle because really at the end of the day, we're all kind of somewhere in the middle. We're in the middle of our lives. We're in the middle of a country. We're in the middle, you know, of a universe. So anyway, thanks for listening to the Marine
0: and the Hippie dialogue 25 modus operandi if you want to check us out we're at marine hippie.com all of our socials are there and uh our, our email address you can write us an email and let us know how much you love us and how glad you are and, and please continue to listen to us continue to support the show continue to write to us or, or start writing to us if you haven't already until next week i'm doc the marine this is dylan the hippie and uh we're out Hi, this is Doc, and you're listening to Marine and the Hippie. For more information on the Marine, follow Doc at supernova underscore earth on Twitter and listen to the Supernova Earth Show on Spotify. For more information on the hippie, follow Dylan at Gezi and me on Twitter and read his blog at observationsfromthespectrum.org.